please welcome to the show our next guest. You're listening to Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. With me in the booth for a special interview is Moist Mogwai from the Final Fantasy Randomizer community, among other places, I'm sure. Hello, Moist Mogwai. Hey, how are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing pretty good. I want to tell you that your name, when I just say it like that, is a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a tad bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mo, um, I do know you from the Final Fantasy Randomizer community. Um, I am kind of curious, how did you get involved in that community originally? Oh, boy. Uh, basically, <laughs> trial by force. Um, <laughs> for those of you that don't already know my husband, Falk, uh, if he finds a hobby or an interest he completely delves himself into it um so just out of you know wanting to spend more time with him i decided it would become my interest too it was either Um, that or effectively be a divorcee for a couple months basically (laughs) (laughs) just have a roommate for a couple months um but no it's it's been a great time i've actually really enjoyed the game it was just something i didn't play as a kid um so i didn't know it beforehand but i i'm pretty familiar with like the zelda randomizer stuff we always watch that on twitch and stuff together so it wasn't too out of the the realm of normality for us that is interesting to me honestly is because most of the time when i'm talking with people about final fantasy randomizer they're always like oh yeah i played it as a kid so when i saw there was a randomizer of it later i was like oh i've got to try that out that's going to be a lot of fun it's it's fascinating to me that you didn't actually play it at all growing up yeah, there's a, there's a lot of deep roots for people here from from childhood, and for me, I just I played later Final Fantasies, but for for some reason this one never made it into our household because I I grew up with two older brothers, so we when we had to buy a game, we had to all decide on a game. So what um, did you guys normally buy? It's Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good that one. Was usually the one. <laughs> so like I said, not not too out of the realm of something we would have played and it, once we got to like the the later consoles like PlayStation 1 and stuff, it mm-hmm. was it was Final Fantasy in our house. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, we we never made it to this one, so to see there was a randomizer and a, a actually pretty big community around it. Um it was pretty cool to see. I mean, frankly, if you've played the later Final Fantasies, this one probably feels kind of archaic by comparison. Absolutely. (laughs) But I'm sure in its time, it was just how I always remember Zelda back from childhood. Like, it was the the greatest thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know if I go that far having played this when it came out. But I'll I'll believe it in my heart. (laughs) So the original Zelda is like something you grew up with then. The one, the first one and the second one for the NES. Yes. Um, which I was still more younger then. So when I say I played it, like I played it, uh, but my first really memorable, uh, absolute favorite still to this day, Zelda belonged on the Nintendo 64. Oh, so you're an Ocarina fan. Actually, I'm a Majora's Mask fan. Really? That again? Yeah. That is an interesting answer. Like, <laughs> I, okay, so I'm I'm not an Ocarina fan, but I I do it, it, appreciate the weird mechanics at least of Majora and how it tried to grow stuff. Most people, however, they're like best Zelda, Ocarina, hands down. I'm like, oh, okay, but you like the one that no one likes. Yes, and <laughs> man, has that been an argument into adulthood? I even tried to get Falk to play it when it remaked on the Nintendo DS. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, this is stupid, they don't tell you where to go, I hate this, and I was like, that was part of the challenge, like, this game didn't lead you... Anywhere. Yeah, yeah. like, you had to figure it out, and you had 36 hours, you had to lose all of your progress. I was like, that was my most favorite game growing up, just because of the challenge. Well, it's much more like the original NES game at that point, and honestly, the second one as well, there's very little hand-holding in those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> so, so so the journey really was a big part of me did you uh play a uh, breath of the wild uh yes i did okay. um super very beautiful game uh-huh. um loved it played it probably beat it in the first two weeks that i bought it uh-huh. my only complaint is the durability system in that game um yeah. but wow was it just beautiful and it's it's another take on zelda but i'm also somebody who also likes the the wind waker game on gamecube that a lot of people hated because it yeah. strayed from the normal zelda um honestly so i hated I, wind waker because it felt too much like them i didn't my problem with it is i don't like the ocarina system and that 
basically that whole weapon and action and management system from Ocarina lasted through all the games mm-hmm. up to Breath of the Wild, and I just I couldn't get into it. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely things that I I, I could complain about in in, uh, in Wind Waker as well, but I think I just have always liked just the changing of the storyline. It was super cool to see it evolve. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hated everyone they made for the Wii. I don't know why they ever made that jump, um, but Breath of the Wild was super cool, and I can't wait for the next one to come out. Mm, oh yeah, the sequel they've already announced that, I mean, might just feel like a giant expansion pack, but I'm okay with that. I mean, there are still nooks and crannies of the first one that I haven't managed to get through. Uh, yeah, there's, when you go back and look at what everyone's done, like whether you do YouTube or Twitch, and there's that whole deserted island you can do a trial on, I'm mm-hmm. just like, how did you... How'd you guys find this your first playthrough? <laughs> oh, well, I cheated. I used a map that told you where all the locations were for the shrines because I got tired of fight, trying to dig them all out. <laughs> I think my uh, my most frustrating time with those shrines was actually the entrance of that game when you had Final Four to get your, your little uh, hang glider. Yeah. And I, I know at least one of them was, like, so obtuse to try and figure out what the solution was. I'm like, what am I uh-huh. doing here? I don't even... <laughs> you give me a bomb, and I have no clue what the hell I'm supposed to do with this stupid thing now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were there were definitely later shrines where I I cheesed the heck out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then I later looked on YouTube and like, oh, okay, somebody else had the idea I was. Like, I think one of them was like a maze. Yeah. Where you had to get the ball through. And after failing like three or four times, I was like, screw it. Like, I'm going to flip this thing upside down. I'm just going to like fucking <laughs> flop it onto the, the edge myself. Like, I, I won't use the maze at all. And that ended up working. And I was like, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, there's there's a lot that goes on in that game, like in detail, like so many different detailed things. Because I know I um I booted up that game, did the first four shrines you're supposed to do, and then like okay, now you can go look at watchtowers, and also maybe you should go over to Kakariko Village. And I'm like, <laughs> well, the watchtower's over here, and it's closer, and it opens up more of the map. I'm just gonna fuck off that way for a while, and then I didn't even get to Kakariko until like 80 hours in. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I was pretty far in by the time I got there because there's just so much you so can just much. trail off and do. <laughs> yeah, and then like I know I didn't even find the fact that you could upgrade weapons until after I'd already beaten Gen, and I'm like, oh wait, this was in here. How did this, like <laughs> I could have had better armor the whole time? What the hell, Gabe? Maybe handhold just a little for me. <laughs> yeah, I think I. Right before I faced Ganon, I figured out you could kind of take some of those rusty weapons you found that were basically useless mm-hmm. um, and get one of those little octopus guys that comes out of the water. If you throw it into their mouth, they suck the rust off of it, so you would have a brand new weapon. Holy shit, I didn't even know that. Yeah, and between that and cooking, I didn't start that until really later game, and I was like, I missed <laughs> so much of this. But that's a credit <laughs> to the game, in all honesty, is the fact that you could pretty much do... Anything you want, and the game doesn't care, and it's still just as fun to experience. Yeah, and you can still beat it, which is great, which mm-hmm. I think really speaks to its replayability, too. So even if they do release this sequel, and it's just a quote-unquote like DLC pack type mm-hmm. of feel, I'm, I'm not mad at that at all. Give me another hundred shrines and a whole bunch of new crap to do, and I'm still okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's bring it back around at this point, back towards Final Fantasy for a bit, because I'm sure I can come up with more questions over there. So I joined a little over a year ago at this point into the community, uh, and you were a big figure in the community at that point. I'm curious, like, how you got involved. Like, I know you, you joined because of Falconic, but how did you get that deep into it? Oh, boy. A, a rabbit <laughs> hole? <laughs> <laughs> Um, it got to the point where I decided, like, he's so into this, like, I, I want to learn it and get into it as well. Mm-hmm. And I realized there was a big gap in the community at that point that if you were new and had no knowledge, didn't play this growing up, knew nothing about the game, there was a big learning curve. And, of course, people would, like, answer questions, but the different guides you could find and different things that people would say, like, that, you know, this element is weak to this, or this monster can't be killed by this, or it's a three in. 256 chance or whatever i was like i don't that makes no sense to me i don't know i don't know what that means so i started in tracking um just so i could learn the game i could watch people route around i could track a race um and just kind of see what the big runners in the game were doing so that maybe i could try and mimic that um and then it turned into me writing guides as i learned um so other people that may have joined with no knowledge or came from like another community like the zelda randomizer or something like that could jump in and not feel so lost Mm -hmm. um 
but that was really just how I kind of shoehorned my way in there. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was a while there where you were like heading up the whole duckling program and really just guiding people through everything. Uh, yeah. And as much as I, I would still love to be a part of that, it, it became time consuming quick. Mm. We went from, you know, like the duckling classes being anywhere from like four to eight runners to all of a sudden I had like 20 some people playing the weekly duckling seed and had questions and needed help, which is great. Like I'm, I'm glad it grew that much, but when it's one person and I work full time and I go to school, it, it became a lot quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I like, since you, since you brought it up and I am curious, what is it that you do for a living? I work in the field of cybersecurity as a mostly network security analyst. Um, so software so stuff? Mostly, yeah. So I'm networking endpoint, but I also do some pen testing on the side. It's my secondary duty. So mm-hmm. a lot of scripting, a lot of just watching traffic here and there, and yeah, just, just, just watching, basically. <laughs> I mean, I would ask questions about it, but you're already inside a field that I have absolutely no clue about. <laughs> <laughs> It's not that well. It's it's exciting, but it's probably not exciting to people outside of it. Um, there's <laughs> there's a lot here and there, especially with the time that we're all in. Mm-hmm. Um, I happen to work at an institution that's doing one of like the the COVID nineteen vaccine researches. Ooh. So we have a lot of countries trying to get in and get our data. Um, Shit. Yeah. So it's a, actually a hugely important job right now. Yeah, our job security uh, would would put it very mildly. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, my, my daily's gotten more exciting, but I'm sure to people outside of it, they're like, oh, cool, great, mm-hmm. you do that, great. <laughs> so is this still a job that you're doing, like, on-site, or are you teleworking for that at this point? I have been teleworking since the very beginning of April. Okay. Um, so it, every once in a while, I do have to go on-site if mm-hmm. we have to uh, pull something, like if there's an investigation or something that needs to go on and people's labs need to be pulled and copied. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll have to go on site for that, but we've, I've been, I would say 99% telecommuting. That's pretty nice. Especially considering yeah. the type of job you do. I mean, that, you, you have a job where I'd be like, I, I could see a business being like, no, you need to do this on site. Cause we don't trust like teleworking in for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I, that's been a huge concern. I know for a lot of people, um, I'm very grateful that I'd been in my role long enough that, and so the other security analysts and actually my husband as well, um, we'd been enrolled long enough that they knew we could get our job done. So when we started going remote and we were not only still performing, but kind of overperforming, yeah. uh, they were like, cool, keep doing that. Do it as long as you can. Don't come into campus at all, even after we get out of quarantine, unless you absolutely have to. Yeah, uh, which my dogs have absolutely been loving. And I think they're spoiled on. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people's pets at this point have gotten that way. I, uh, I Just from experience, my cats were really surprised that um, I was staying home as long as it was. And I think for a little while there, they're like, are you an asshole? Did you get fired? What the hell is going on? Like, go, Absolutely. Go away. And then they've gotten used to it now. Yeah, I think it was like week three of us staying home. And our dogs were just kind of like, can you go away? Like, we want alone time. And now... They're pretty normalized to it to the point that when we go to the grocery store, they're like, uh, where are you going? Come back. No, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> I thought you didn't leave. That's your, your job is to be at home like us. Someone else is taking care of us now. <laughs> yeah, they get very confused, or at least in the, the first couple weeks as well, when mm-hmm. I would work. Um, I've been trying to switch it up. Sometimes I'll work in the living room on the laptop. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll be, you know, at my workstation on my desktop. And when I go to the couch with my laptop, usually that means like cuddle TV time to the dogs. So when I'm on like my laptop and I'm like, I can't play with you right now. Like I can't do this right now. They're like, why? I don't, I don't <laughs> understand. Human, you're, you are defying our expectations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're, you were, or you are going to school right now? I am still going to school. Um, okay. I ended up switching majors a couple years back when I got into IT work. Um, which I go to online school, so it's not a huge change for me. You were studying what, and you're studying now instead? (sighs) I was pre-medical. Oh, wow. That's a big change. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to be an anesthesiologist, but I ended up deciding I didn't want the debt (laughs) (laughs) to go to to med school. Um, and my whole 
family, well, most of my family, both my older brothers have been in IT since I can remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just went into to IT, and then I ended up moving up the chain and, and found a love and interest in cybersecurity. So right now, my degree is in network security. Okay. Uh, so pretty related to my job, but also has some other things mixed in there that will help me see other fields as well, I guess. Well, I, I, I'm actually, I'm interested in the fact that you're in the field now already getting your degree for it, but you like, you got the job before you had the degree. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I can really speak to about my job, I actually started as a hardware tech. So I okay. did all of like the repairs, the warranty work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what I did in retail before I moved to, uh, an enterprise. Okay. Um, so second nature to me, and then I moved into an endpoint management job where I did all like the patching, the management, and like vulnerability mitigation for like the zero day vulnerabilities and and all of that, just kind of like mindless drone work. Yeah. Uh, but it got me really interested in the vulnerability side of things and how people can exploit things. So I ended up, uh, my current boss was the <clears throat> lead analyst over security at that time, and he's now our director. I said, hey, I'm interested. I don't know exactly what I'm doing, but I can learn. Um, and that's always been one of my things is if I don't know what I'm doing, I can go find out. But, you know, I may not have that base knowledge. So they, they gave me a chance to kind of prove myself for a couple months. And then I moved into a security analyst role. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. No, it's it's huge for career. And I, I can't thank them enough. But I know a lot of places don't even give you that chance. So it's mm. it's been really nice to, to work for the the job that I'm at right now. I should think so. So it's, it's, it's this like you're okay. I, understanding the, of the place you're working. At, I'm not going to go into details there, but is this like the, the place you're hoping to work at for like, you know, the foreseeable future or do you have like a larger goal in mind or. Um, so I, it's kind of a twofold question. Like I wouldn't mind working for this organization and like retiring for it. Mm-hmm. Um, we are state government work, so we do get paid less than you would in like a private corporation working for like Walmart, Amazon, et cetera. Shit, I'm state government. I understand. Yeah. So, <laughs> like there's definitely like a, a, a salary cap that you definitely fall mm-hmm. under there. Um, but this is not the location I want to live in for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that this corporation doesn't exist outside of this current location, uh, mm-hmm. no. This is not where I will be ending my career um, and staying for a long time. I do see myself staying for another like two to three years just so I can get more experience under my belt and finish my degree. Yeah. Uh, but realistically, we want to live in like the Midwest Northern area. We we like colder weather and we are in the South right now and cold weather does not exist. So are you thinking like Illinois or Indiana or something? Uh, I've actually been in Indiana before. Uh, I probably either Colorado or like the Minnesota area. Oh, so west, um, west, not Midwest. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. No, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I I've lived in Indiana. I've been to the East Coast in the Pennsylvania area. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm very familiar with snow and cold weather, and yeah. I I miss it dearly. <laughs> I don't know that I'd, I'd, I'd ever truly miss snow. <laughs> I mean, you say that, but then you have like 117 degree summers and you're like, this can kick rocks. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a dry heat. No, no, it's probably oh, not where you're living right now. No, I know. I'm no. a very humid area. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I uh, For a while there, I was like the, the furthest south that I've lived is probably southern Indiana. But it's like it's in a a river delta essentially like with a valley so mm-hmm. all the all the heat traps in and then you walk outside and it's like walking through a sponge <laughs> yeah it, give me winter i'm tired of this summer already <laughs> i lived in um plainfield and avon when i was younger in indiana oh, um, up by where i'm at now oh great so then <laughs> you know all the cornfields that may or may not still be there at this point yeah um but then we ended up moving to el paso texas oh damn uh, which was a huge climate shock, and uh-huh. then we live where I live now. Yeah, so well, that, that is that is quite the. I mean, that's not just like uh, temperature shock, though. That's also culture shock there to a certain extent. Oh, there was a huge just culture shock going to El Paso, Texas, because mm-hmm. most of the people there are Spanish speaking, um, and I do not know any Spanish. Um, 
so that was a huge thing and I was younger so we ended up being homeschooled there uh for a while and then coming to the area that we're at now uh at that point I still had some of my northern accent and vocabulary uh out there and apparently I talk really fast <laughs> and that's yeah. that's that's not a thing that's a, nor- <laughs> it's not a thing here that's a northern thing it definitely is the the southern drawl slows you down but I'm from like northern Virginia so we we have that flat government accent and we talk faster and you go even like a couple of hours south from there and you're like wow you guys speak differently yeah and at this point like i really don't feel like i have any sort of accent to my my dialect per se um it's have, pretty it, it pretty normal out once in a while i heard it <laughs> once, but, once uh, in a while a little bit of southern right there but not much yeah it's it's grown a little bit um <laughs> But yeah, anytime you say pop or anything like that, I would get made fun of as the teenager I was when we moved here. Um, but I'll still be in meetings to this day explaining something and people are like, you need to slow down. And I'm like, I'm not very <laughs> <going> fast. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel you on that. Although it's soda and no one can ever tell me otherwise. I'll take soda or pop, but everyone down here calls everything Coke and it, oh, yeah. it bothers the hell out of me. Oh, that's because fucking Atlanta with its Coke hub makes everything Coke. It doesn't matter what. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they were like, I want a Coke, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> but then you, but then you got a Mountain Dew, so now I'm confused. <laughs> that's well, that's like the furthest you can get from Coke while still being in the same genre. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's been a really weird time down here, um, <laughs> to say the least. No joke, damn. So what, what, what draws your eye towards Colorado then? Uh, it's actually where my husband was born. Oh, okay. Um. And I am a, a big mountain person uh, coming from Pennsylvania. And it seems to have the, the right amount of mountains, city life, but also the winters that I want without being, you know, like four feet under snow like you are in Pennsylvania. So you think a bigger city like Denver or something more like midsize like Boulder or something? Uh, probably more towards Boulder. Okay. Um, and he's also a huge Colorado Buffaloes fan. And since I didn't have a, col- or a college team, I am now too. Um, so that would allow us to go to, uh, college football games, which is pretty cool. Um, and we are also huge Colorado Avalanche fans for hockey. So that's, that's a lot of sports there, which is again, not a topic I expect from Final Fantasy. <laughs> we, we are, we are big sports people in this household. I do know that because I play in the, uh, Super Bowl League with you guys for the Tecmo Super Bowl. But you see, that's when, when people say, oh, I like sports and they're into video games. Like, okay, so what kind of sport? You know, well, I like Tecmo Super Bowl and sometimes Blades of Steel. <laughs> the ones with the balls? <laughs> yeah. What's the, what's the sports ball game with the, the weird ball? I, I don't even fucking know, dude. Okay. <laughs> I, I play a mean foosball. <laughs> <laughs> that is a hard game. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, uh, so, um... So I know that in the Super Bowl group that we're in, you play the Vikings, yes? Yes, yes. Is that your team? It is my team now. I will say, for most of my life, I was a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. That's better than saying you're part of the Eagles, because screw the Eagles. Oh, the Eagles can go die in the Philly (laughs) fire that they are. Uh, (laughs) And I just heard amen across the house. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Uh, well, you you guys both hate my actual team, which is the New England Patriots, but... I don't hate them, I just, I hate what they are. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, they're gonna suck next year, it'll be fine. Uh, yeah, and they actually have, I think, the hardest rated schedule in the NFL, and I think the Dallas Cowboys, which is my husband's team, is mm-hmm. the third hardest, and the Vikings have the tenth hardest. <laughs> Go Vikings! So, Go Vikings! <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, t- I told myself once I finally lost some of the team members that I was kind of holding on to there, mm-hmm. uh, just out of childhood nostalgia with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the last one being uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who still plays for them. Mm-hmm. I said I would stop being a fan, and I would find a team that I actually liked. So I settled on the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> Zero Super Bowl rings. <laughs> um, but their skull chant is super awesome. I really like the team. I like the coaching staff. We made a lot of big plays in preseason for drafts this year. Uh, mm. So it's, it's an interesting ride. <laughs> be interesting to see where they go from there. Again, I don't think they'll have to worry too much about the Patriots anytime they face them ever. Because, who that team is going to suck. It's going to be interesting to see what the coaching staff can do with 
that roster. Uh, <laughs> that roster and losing like some of their biggest players. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. I hope the best for them. And I hope they just shock us all because that'd make for a really interesting NFL season. It would. If oh. we even have one at this point. But uh, yeah, no, there is that. We could be doing Sims of like fucking Madden 2000 or 2021 right now on ESPN 8, <laughs> like for the foreseeable future. That's actually what hockey is doing right now. They're sending a lot of games and I'm like, it doesn't really scratch the itch for me. No, uh, no. I heard Sorry, baseball guys. was doing that too on like ESPN three or four or something. I'm like, what is this? We're even watching at this point. Yeah, like I, I, no, I, I, I want actual sports. I get we can't have them right now, but this, this isn't doing it for me. Uh, well, okay. So going, go going on to other topics. Um, since you said Zelda was one of the games that you grew up with, is that your like favorite game of all time, or do you have a different one? Oh, I would say easily Zelda is my favorite. The first um, one, or, or uh, uh, Majora? I would say is my absolute favorite, but Zelda as just a series as a whole, I would mm-hmm. say is my my absolute favorite. Um, it's what I've played the most of. It's what me and my brothers can all, like, BS about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I still play it to this day every time a new one comes out. So, yeah, I would say definitely favorite genre of games. So have uh, you played the whole series, then? Not the entire series, but most of it. Okay. Well, I, mean, um, I, I wasn't going to count the PCI games, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, there's some, like, Game Boy Color games out there where, like, Seasons would come out, and it would come mm-hmm. out two different versions, and I would play one, and my brothers would play, like, the other. Uh, uh, so I can't so like, say I played the entire series. So, like, you um, did Seasons and they did Ages or something? Yeah, exactly. Okay. okay. Uh, so, indirectly played, I guess. Those <laughs> uh, ones are but, weird. Yeah. Yeah, those ones were definitely stranger, but again, like it's it's always been a favorite. I'll I'll play everyone that comes out. I'm I'm a sucker for a Zelda game, except for the ones that came out on the Wii. Really? Yeah. Okay. Hated them. Um, I think it was Twilight Princess oh, Twilight and Princess. yeah, yeah. It just it wasn't just like out of the realm of like the Zelda that people hate, like, Oh, wind waker doesn't do this or breath of the wild doesn't do this. It doesn't follow. It like, it just was weird. I I remember I played it and what it really reminded me of strangely, even though they're not really the same genre is it felt too much like Metroid prime in a way, like just the design of it and the design of its dungeons and the weird crap that it wanted you to do. And then at a certain point there was a, wagon chase that i couldn't get past and i just stopped fucking playing it because it irritated the shit out of me yeah like my (laughs) brothers played it i watched them play it but at Mm -hmm. that point i was just like this doesn't really like it doesn't interest me like this to me like those zelda games didn't exist i think it was skyward sword and twilight princess where i was just like no these don't exist in my memory (laughs) i watched that one and skyward sword just felt like a lot of um make work do this, and then go back to this place and do it with, like, a dark side on so you can collect a specific item. And now that mm-hmm. you've done that, go and do something else and continue your collect-a-thon for a while. Yeah, it just, yeah. it seemed, I don't even know at that point who they were catering to. I didn't know if they wanted new fans to kind of, like, reinvigorate the series, but, uh-huh. like, for people like me, I was like, no. <laughs> this, no, I don't accept was, this. Well, and it's it still played too much like the games that I hated for me to get into it. Like the game, the Zelda games that I liked over time were the ones that were emulating the Super Nintendo ones. So I played through like Link's Awakening, which was fun, and then the Four Swords Adventures for the GameCube. Those were the only ones that really intrigued me. I played other ones, but it's like this series doesn't strike the or scratch the itch that I really have. Yeah, and I even like I I enjoyed Four Swords. I think mostly because you could play with another person. Mm-hmm. And at that point, uh, my middle brother and I both had DSs, and I think that was the system we played it on. Game Boy Advance, I think, was the one, but it might have worked with DS. I don't know. It it might have been like the original DS. I can't really remember, but we mm-hmm. played it, and it was cool. Like you could pick each other up. There, were, you know, there was different puzzles and obstacles you could get through. It was like, okay, this feels like Zelda. Kind of looks like Wind Waker. That's cool. It's a bit fun, yeah. Uh, but yeah, those wee ones, <laughs> I was just like, nope. No, I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that same, there's a certain barrier you get to in a long-running series, and you're just like, what am I even playing anymore? This doesn't feel like my game anymore at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> so I guess then during the, uh, Skyward Sword, uh, Wind Waker, or not Wind Waker, Skyward Sword, um... 
Twilight Princess era, what were you playing instead? Oh, I went to PC gaming okay. uh, and and fell into the MOBA world. <laughs> oh, so like um, fucking God, what are those games? Because Dota, know... League of Legends. Thank you. Hots or Han at that point before Hots came out. You, you can tell how little I've played that genre because <laughs> I couldn't even think of a single title. <laughs> yeah, at that point, my both my brothers were in college, and that was what. Uh, them and their friends would play so i was mm-hmm. like okay well i still want a game with them so i got really really into that and got really good did all my ranks and all of that mm-hmm. uh and then i realized i became a really toxic person in those games <laughs> so i was like i gotta bow out <laughs> <laughs> playing against all these goddamn 12 year olds and just like ripping them a new one and cussing and shit oh my god sometimes it'd be 12 year olds sometimes it'd be people that are playing on like the server like either North American or South American, and they don't speak any of the language of oh. that area. Oh. And it would just be them feeding into towers or enemies. And I'm like, I can't do this. Like my stress <laughs> level went up too high because at that point it was a time investment. Each match was like 45 minutes to an hour. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, so when somebody would start, you know, doing all the things they shouldn't do, like 30, 40 minutes in, you knew you were going to lose, but you can't quit at that point because you get a debuff or you get locked out of playing for a while. So it's it's basically you feeding 20 more minutes into like a loss. And that would uh, frustrate me the most because I, I hate wasting time. It's my biggest that. pet peeve. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I got to step away from this. <laughs> So when you're not gaming, what are your, I mean, you're not stuck at work do, or at home teleworking. What are the other interests of yours? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> random comic book series on like Netflix or Hulu. Uh, okay. I've been really into Watchmen lately, which I know has already been out for a while, uh, but we're it's just fair. now getting to it. There's a ton uh, of TV out there. There is. and. Yeah. I'm usually behind the times. Um, mm-hmm. So it would either be TV. I really like grilling. I like yard work. Um, you go outdoors? I do sure go outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, my pasty white Casper skin knows that I'm a nerd. <laughs> uh, the outside is unforgiving. Uh, but no, I, I, I'm really into just gaming in general if i don't have anything to play on my computer i'll play my switch um i'll watch some tv i really like being outdoors with the dogs i would like to get into woodworking but that's a very expensive and and space consuming hobby what Um, is it about woodworking that intrigues you just i think the amount of work and also just i wouldn't say the silence but the way you could zone out while you're doing it whether you're piecing things together you're cutting wood you're measuring you're finishing it off or sealing it it's just it's always seemed like a really cool hobby to me but i also know it's a very expensive hobby you have a certain affinity for like the materials and the style of the art uh yeah and i was really big into art growing up uh but i i know a lot of people know but your podcasters probably don't i have carpal tunnel really bad okay um so like drawing or sketching or painting uh generally isn't a thing for me anymore okay uh so woodworking seems like a hobby that i could kind of express that out in and do without having to like grip or worry about you know having to hold small objects use different muscles and so forth yeah yeah Yeah. it's an interesting one that's not an art form i hear a lot of people say that they're into at this point mostly i I know painters and illustrators so (laughs) Yeah, it, which is cool. I, I do still really love that. It's just not something I I can really do anymore mm-hmm. without it, it being super painful. Um, so woodworking seems like a cool hobby I want to get into, but more than anything, I just I like being outdoors. I like grilling. I like playing with my dogs. Just getting some sunshine mm-hmm. here and there, although the sun hates my skin and I, I, I burn like nobody's business. Uh. So, well, I mean, the outdoors are kind of nice right now. It's very quiet outside with very little people driving around. (laughs) For most places, I'm sure it is. But, uh, like, we actually, our house, our rental house that we picked right now, uh, it backs up to a park. And we picked it so that we could walk our dogs regularly, get them some exercise, get us Mm -hmm. some exercise. There... There is, like, police tape and, like, the orange construction, like, netting. Uh, around like the actual playground equipment that says you do not use this right now like our Mm -hmm. our parks are closed quote unquote 
for the foreseeable future local. Yeah. And parents have torn that down. And anytime we go to the park, there's just like kids and toddlers crawling all over the place. Parents out there, even okay. though it says, don't, don't do this. So I would, it, most places are quiet, but our particular park is not at all, uh, packed, which kind of sucks. <laughs> packed with po- walking Petri dishes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and our, our particular like local infection rate keeps going up. So I'm like, fucking stop, stop doing this. <laughs> stop I, going to Petri dishes. I, I mean, at a certain point, the numbers will bear out that it'll go down because they'll have killed themselves off. I, I mean, yeah, like there's, there's quite a few of us that I've seen local, like some of us will walk. We also live on a street that has like a really long, like, uh, biking and sidewalks. It's great for running. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll see like regulars there. I'll see people around the neighborhood walking their dogs. We also have a Frisbee golf course in our park behind us. So I'll see like a couple of people just out there practicing their shots alone. And I'm like, cool, you guys are doing it right. That can't but be fun. It's it's those freaking parents yeah. that are bringing yeah. like six to ten toddlers each, and I'm like, stop, stop, please. Stop having little virus parties without even realizing you're doing it. Yeah, like yeah. I I get you're bored at home, but please stop, please stop, mm-hmm. please stop. Have a playground delivered to your house. Build it there. Just just don't go out in packs, but that's that seems to be kind of the the norm around here. Um, but I mean. Well. I mean, depending upon the state you're living in, then yeah, it very well could be. Some states are having a much harder time than others actually shutting themselves down. Yeah. Um, we're not like a one of those like martial law super lockdowns. Um, mm-hmm. We do have a lot of essential businesses like, you know, barbers, hairdressers, beauticians, stuff like that. They're mm-hmm. still not allowed to open, uh, which I can feel for. I'm very lucky that I work in a career where we didn't have to shut down. But everything else is kind of still open and between the state lines, because I do live between two states, mm-hmm. it differs between the two and the state that I actually work in, uh, is far more locked down. And the state that I live in is not so much. Ugh. Uh, so it's a weird kind of shuffle there. Um, in the state that I live in, obviously with the, the parks and stuff, people are just being kind of fast and loose with it. Um, and I, the, like I said, we do still have like daily increasing infection rates. So that's kind of scary to think about because yeah. I've only left my house when we needed like groceries or, you know, like something specific, like we needed it. Yeah. Uh, outside of just, you know, like taking walks or whatever to keep mental health going, but well, it's a weird just, time. Even just going to the store still kind of feels like you're taking your life into your own hands. Yeah. Um, and my actual, like, the state I work in, my actual employment agents, the people that I work for, uh, they're requiring masks if you go on campus regardless. So masks and gloves you have to have on, which is great. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of people aren't there, so when you do have to come in, they understand, uh, especially with IT, like, if things, like, a server goes down or something, uh, which, case in point, yesterday, uh, the fire EMS people came to test like the fire systems in our buildings and all of campus uh they shut off the building all of it all the power to our building went down uh which shuts down our firewall shuts down our data center shuts down all of our servers like everything so a lot of us had to go in uh so mask gloves distancing when we can um and then i come back to the the state i live in and there's just people outside Touching, breathing, living. Fucking off. <laughs> no yeah. sanitation. Like, uh, um, this is like a complete 180. <laughs> it's an oh, interesting time to be here. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? It's, I mean, you hear about stories from 100 years ago with the Spanish flu and everything. You're like, oh, that's, yeah. And then you're like, okay, so we have to be more reasonable than these people, you would hope. No, clearly we're not. Yeah, and it's. It's weird because I think the two biggest like events that I've lived through in life has been Y2K and then 911, mm-hmm. which were both super cultural changing, you know, life events. And then mm-hmm. there's this one. And I'm like, I don't I don't even know how I would put this in a history book. <laughs> <No>. People dumb. 
Well, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Like, for a lot of countries, is it's a thing. We suffered through it for a couple months, and then we kept our eye on it for a couple years. That will be their story long-term. For us, it's like, oh my god, America is the worst. They couldn't figure out shit, and then, like, lost half their people because they were complete and fucking assholes. Yeah, we did not think we were assholes, smuggled toilet paper and beef. <laughs> how, do I, how do I put that into a history book and church it up? I, I I love that. We smuggled toilet paper and beef. You're not wrong. <laughs> I know I'm not. <laughs> and that's, that's the saddest part. Oh it's just God. like, that's that's been our reality. Like, people staying at home, and then people that go to the stores just smuggling any kind of sanitizers, cleaning products, yeah. beef. I don't know why beef specifically. Do you people not eat chicken? I don't understand. Uh, and then toilet paper. Like, what is going on? I understand, like, the whole supply chain thing and all that, but <laughs> some of y'all hoarding. You're hoarding. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, like, the, the people who are, like, buying up hundreds of rolls of toilet paper, I'm sitting there going, okay, so you're going to be stocked for the next five years. How much toilet paper do you use? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I would get if this were a disease that infected, like, the gastrointestinal tract. Uh -huh. It's mostly a respiratory disease. Yeah. The hell you need 100 rolls of toilet paper for. <laughs> You're going to be coughing your lungs up, not having, like, dysentery every day. I don't, I don't understand why this was the coveted product. Yeah, and you don't hear about, like, runs on cough syrup or something. No, like, they're oh. fully stocked on that and, like, cough drops and everything else. Anything that could... I know there's a lot of symptoms, so I don't want to sound ignorant to that. Mm -hmm. But... The majority of them do not include things you would need toilet paper for. Tissues, maybe, yeah. You have a runny nose, I get it. Maybe yeah. some toilet paper for that, cool, got it. Hundreds of rolls, what, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. It's an, it, it is just fascinating to watch this happen. I know, from the comfort of our homes, because we don't yeah. have to go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm, I'm very fortunate and, and privileged in that aspect, so I don't, I don't want that to come off as I know I'm not, you know... Uh -huh. in the, the top percent will have that but just sitting back and watching I'm like quit making everybody who has to be out there's jobs harder <laughs> well since we are talking about a run on beef there what is it that you grill when you're grilling Ooh, uh that that changes a lot so okay. I'm I'm not a big red meat eater okay um so, so usually this, this I'll do for you. <laughs> no no this is this is life as usual for me uh I do a lot of chicken I do uh -huh. a lot of veggies because I do try to eat some vegetarian meals here and there. Like what, um, kind, of, what, what, what kind of veggies for your grill? Uh, on the grill, I usually do like bell peppers, onions, and some kind of zucchini or like squash type. Mm -hmm. oh, um, zucchini's great on the grill. It is. Yeah. Uh, I made a, a huge kebab plate the other day of potatoes, chicken, and then all of my, my veggies, and then also some corn, because I really love grilled corn. I don't oh, know what yeah. the grill does to corn, but it's delicious. It caramelizes it because of the sugars in it, I think, is part of it. I, I, I That's at least what I'm going to say, even though I'm not a scientist <laughs> or a gastroscientist or whatever. But it's like, it, it adds a, not only the smoky flavor, but there's a little caramelization, I think, that's in there. And it's so Yeah, good. and it's yeah. really good. And then if you have leftovers, you could add that in, like, nachos or whatever. I don't know. Uh -huh. It's fucking beautiful. Um, <laughs> but every once in a while, I'll go out and make some steaks because my husband really likes steak. Um, but we try to, you know, kind of mediate that. Yeah. Uh, we have cheeseburgers sometimes with pork. Um, and other times we'll do like turkey burgers because I'm also a big like turkey fan because uh, white meat. Yeah. Um, and that's other than brats. That's really it because he really likes brats and beans. Okay. Uh, which I can I can stomach here and there, but I'm not a huge <laughs> like hot dog brat yeah. kind of fan. Mm hmm. But just just simple stuff. We don't do anything too crazy. I just I like being outside. I like being able to, you know, play fetch with my dogs while I'm grilling something. Maybe uh -huh. a cold beer in my hand. It's it, it, it the American dream. <laughs> so I guess the the really divisive question then though is gas or charcoal? Uh, I will say charcoal is very superior. Uh huh. The grill we have right now is gas. Oh, why? No. It's it's very easy and quick, and because I work and go to school and I do a lot of cooking, it's far easier to go on like a, a grass or a gas grill and just cook dinner real quick. Because you don't have to wait for the charcoal to heat up and you know do everything that needs to do. Um, but I I really like charcoal and hickory chip grills better. Mm -hmm. Have do you, have you used uh, charcoal chimneys before when you're doing charcoal? Mm-mm. 
Okay, that's not not to go on a long diatribe about this, but that is something you should look into because it um they're just they're like big cir circular. Hold on, they're tubes essentially, where you put paper underneath and what but below the tray, and then you just fill the tray up the rest of the tube with charcoal, and it keeps the heat surrounded inside of it. And you know, a charcoal grill can take an hour, two hours, like yeah. if you don't do it right. But with a charcoal chimney, you're ready to start cooking in like ten minutes. I think my in-laws used one of that. Mm. Uh, it's kind of like, it almost looks like a tea kettle, but it's like a little metal can that they put everything in. A metal can is a good way of describing it, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, with like a weird flippy lid, and then you just pour the, the charcoals in the grill. Okay. Um, I, have, I haven't seen them with a lid before, but yeah, it's the same basic thing. Just a, a tube that you can just put the charcoal in and just let it kind of brew up on its own. And wow, that, that, that cuts down the whole time on that. Once I got one of those, I, I haven't looked back from charcoal ever since. We'll probably go back once we actually own a house again, because I also mm -hmm. used to smoke meat, which, you know, oh. if you want to do it right, takes hours to, like, an entire day. Shit. Oh, but the flavor on that is beautiful. Oh, my God. You see, now you're just making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but for our purposes right now, yeah, we're, we're on a, a propane grill. It's quick, it's easy, but you yeah. still get some of that grill flavor. It's cheating, I know, but... It is. But I mean, when you're in a rental and you don't know, like, you don't want to get like a giant grill and have to transport it the next time you move. I understand. Yeah, I don't want yeah. a huge like smoker charcoal setup right now. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> too much. <laughs> it's a bit much. That is fair. <laughs> well, we've been going for forty-five minutes at this point, um, and I've pretty much answered all the questions I could, or asked all the questions I could think of at this point. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Uh. Not necessarily about me, but I feel like we haven't talked a lot about you. So how how are you doing in these times? <laughs> I mean, it is an interview. Ask it, interview it the is, interviewers. but <laughs> I, mean, I feel it's... like it's fair. <laughs> um, it is. It is interesting. The neighborhood I, I live in right now is like one of those little suburban like prefab divisions uh, from the mid '80s that has like a golf course running through it, which is really fucking weird. Because like you know. <laughs> They decided, oh, it's May 2nd. We're just going to open the golf course now, even though all of, like, the county I live in is supposed to be closed for another month. Mm -hmm. And so you, you see, like, assholes in, like, groups of three and four out there golfing. I'm like, well, I should be mad at you. But at the same time, fuck golfing. So maybe you'll wipe <laughs> each other out. <laughs> uh, yeah, golf has never been something I've I've really gotten into. No, I mean, there are stupid sports I can get behind. I mean, I play fucking Final Fantasy Randomizer. But, like... I, <laughs> I love curling, and I could go on for hours about curling, even though I can't play that. I just, I love watching it. But golf is one of those Scottish sports that just, like, eludes me. I just, I have never been good at it. I don't like watching it. I just, uh -huh. it's yeah. kind of like tennis for me. Like, I suck at it, and I don't like watching it. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist. If if you don't care what your score is, I could probably play golf eventually. But I have to admit, even just the whole concept of like trying to hit the ball with the club, I've done that before, and it was sad. Uh, yeah, which I played competitive softball growing up, so like mm -hmm. I'm no, you know, kind of shy away from hitting a ball and making a go far type of person. Just like that's at it, yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, golf can't can't get behind. I've I've gone to driving ranges. I suck at it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. my husband's really great at golf. Uh, cause when he was stationed in the military, he played on like all the nice golf courses in Hawaii. Okay. Jeez. But I'm just so bad at it. Like, I'm you just, got, I can't. That stationed in Hawaii? That lucky fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, in his words, it's a great place to visit. It's a terrible place to live. It's fair. It's probably expensive as shit over there. Uh, it is. I think he was on military housing, so I don't. Okay. Think That's that slightly better in that thing. regard. Yeah, but, it didn't really affect him, uh, but it was strange because his birthday is on the anniversary of Pearl Harbor, and he got stationed at Pearl Harbor. And I was like, that, I think they planned it. <laughs> that, that has to put at least a little crimp in your festivities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go out and celebrate tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. That, which would kind of explain why he's not a big birthday person, but uh, yeah. yeah, he played on a lot of golf courses out there. That's fair. Loved it. Mm -hmm. And then he, he came here. I played, I think, with him twice. He'd gone to a driving range. And I'm just bad. I was like, I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've tried. Uh, yeah, no, I, I fully understand that. I 
it is one of those ones where if you can get into it, it seems like it can become quite the obsession. You get outdoor time, you get to walk around, you just chill with your buddies. Mm-hmm. But there is that that expectation of you actually have to get into it to make it worthwhile. And that's just that that hump that I never could get over. Yeah, it's getting into it. And if you're one of those people that aren't good at it, then you mm-hmm. hold kind of like a whole party behind. Sort of like Frisbee golf as well. Like if you suck yep. and you have to continually be the person taking your shots. Yep. It drags the whole group down. Yeah, and, and I again, played frisbee golf and same problem. Yeah, and yeah. actually frisbee golf, I am good at, surprisingly. <laughs> uh, and both my brothers are super good at it too. So when they come into town, we play together. But regular golf, I'm like, I, I hate wasting time. Again, a big pet peeve of mine. I don't want to waste your time. I'm holding everybody back. I want to do this. <laughs> Not having fun. <laughs> that's that is absolutely fair, and it, it like it's just that there's a skill level to it that's different from like frisbee golf because you know most people can throw at least throw a frisbee, like trying to hit that stupid ball. Like if you kickball is a game everyone can play because the the cost of entry is really low. Yeah. But like baseball, even I've played that before, and just like the act of hitting a ball with a bat is like it's a higher skill level at that point, and it's mm-hmm. like. Now I'm just dragging the whole team down as I suck. Yeah, which is also strange because, like I said, I played softball. So Mm -hmm. I'm used to aiming my eyes, watching the ball, and hitting it. Mm -hmm. Golf? Can't freaking do it. (laughs) (laughs) Can't do it. Oh, that's, yeah. No, I feel you on that one. So, and I think that that translates to, like, golf video games for me as well. I've never seen the appeal. Like, Video games make it feel a lot more like mini golf in a respect, but I'm still like, I don't know. This isn't, I'd rather just go play mini golf. Actual golf video games are more boring to me than going out and playing golf. Yeah. And it's kind of the same for baseball games. Like, Mm -hmm. obviously, we're in the Tecmo Super Bowl game. I get Mm -hmm. that. I'm really invested in football, and there's some skill to it. But, like, golf games and baseball games, it, the baseball, I can see more skill because, you know, people stealing bases and you mm-hmm. have to hit and yada, yada, yada. But golf games, like, why did you need a video game? Let's just go play yeah. golf. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, all those pool simulators you're seeing. I'm just like, I'd rather just go play pool at this point. Yeah. Like, you lose something in the translation. I mean, games like Tecmo Super Bowl, though, they have a certain amount of appeal to me because they're not really football. They're a very simplified arcade style that doesn't get too hung up in the details it doesn't take too long yeah it's it's simple it's fast Mm -hmm. you still Mm -hmm. have to have some strategy in there Mm -hmm. it's fun you can have fun playing it but like a a golf simulator game i'm like okay you've hit the ball you hit (laughs) it again yep you hit it again you got a birdie congrats no (laughs) i I don't see that if you had to like walk your guy down the field to the ball and there were random encounters or something, then I could probably get behind it. Yeah, like a random <laughs> possum or alligator coming out on a Florida field. Fight them <laughs> off with your golf sticks and then like move on. Yeah. I, yeah, I could get into that. <laughs> Adventure golf. That would be yeah. That'd be great. Eighteenth <laughs> hole. You're eighteenth uh, hole. You're attacked by three ogres on your way to the second. What the fuck happened here? Oh, it's D&D or Munchkin meets golf. That would be uh, pretty fun. I that could, would be a blast. I, you know, I could rock with that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get a randomizer of it, and we bring the whole conversation full circle at that point. Uh, all right, well, we have gone close to an hour at this point, so I think we're probably good to wrap up and release you back to, you know, your real life now. Whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to. I appreciate you coming on the show, Mogwai. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was fun. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Thanks to you and to all the people listening. We will see you next time.